Hi, thanks for listening today. I talked to Pete Snodden, broadcaster, radio presenter. Um, do you know, he's an all-around family guy, but you'll have seen him presenting awards. If you're from Northern Ireland, his voice will be really familiar. And do you know, there's something about the podcast. I'm really into what brings you alive, what, what brings your creative flow. And I know people would think that it's painting, but for me, it's interviewing people, especially other creatives. So we really do just have this lovely, free-flowing conversation. There's no showman about it. There's no um, just for laughs. It's a really good, solid conversation. And I hope you enjoy the episode. Have you, Pete? Nice to see you. How's things? Yeah, good, good. Um, it's very, and I thought that this would be me getting started back into people in the studio doing face-to-face, but actually this works really well virtually. So thank you for fitting me into your busy diary. No, you're very welcome. And listen, everyone's busy. They are. Tell me, Pete Snodden. Um, so connection-wise, let me think. Um, my husband is probably the big one because he plays hockey. I think you're all still in the geriatric kind of squad, are you? Or should I not? I, I, I'm, a, I'm a real bit part player. I played uh, hockey with your Michael over the years from we were sort of 15, 16. Played against him at school. He was at the grammar, Bangor Grammar. I was at Enst. Um and uh, yeah, great guy. And and hockey, he's probably playing a lot more regularly than me. I think I have turned out this season a grand total of four times. Oh, well. But you know so, what? I bet you that interrupts the family. It's such an interruption now. Uh, yeah, it is. Um, do, do you know what? I, I love it when I do get the opportunity to play. So I, to said say, after, yeah. I said after COVID, I would try and get back and play as much as I can. But um, as, with, as with everyone's schedules between work and family stuff and there's always a birthday party birthday somewhere. parties yeah mm-hmm. yeah well it that's can, one connection difficult. and then just through um I guess knowing you on the radio and bumping into you and your better half knowing all of those things but yeah tell us a little bit about yourself and who you are people will recognize your voice in Northern Ireland immediately which is very exciting but go for it um I'm a dad of two girls and the husband uh to julia i am 41 now there we wow. go you had a lockdown 40th i had a lockdown 40th a lockdown 30 41st or were we at a lockdown i can't remember the last few yes. years it's sort of all just sort of merged into one um i've been a broadcaster now i first arrived sort of on radio sort of 99 2000 got my first contract November 2001 to start in January 2002 and I've been doing it ever since um I'm probably best known for being on breakfast at cool fm and I've been there doing that in a number of different guises for probably got to 16 years now um and the time just flies by so um yeah that that that's it love my sport love my music entertainment sport um you know I turn up in the eye the old business thing occasionally um so yeah you know i'm very i'm very fortunate to do what i do uh, i love interviewing people and, and to do something like this with you is yeah. really nice because normally i'm the person asking the questions so actually doing podcasts whenever i'm being asked the questions is something a little bit different for me um and something that i suppose like anything and you know like art you have to practice like yeah broadcasting every day you've got to practice right um control now pete this is me yeah (laughs) so so now so this this is it this is the way of me being on the receiving end and um just having to answer the questions as they come so uh thank you for having me and um yeah crack on oh it's great it's so good to have you so tell me this 16 years on the breakfast show does that become a bit like um whenever you're like 16 you think about school right is it seasonal for you is it like do you see it as term time or what way do you because I think about like like my own business creative business seasonal is it the same with you I think I think you you go through the seasons with work you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. you reflect that every single day so we're in the bang in the middle of winter and we're all just waiting for the light nights to come in and the excitement of festival time in the summer um uh, I, I I used to think of school terms, and even with my kids now in school terms, I, I'm I've changed now. Now I'm 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 an adult to think about the end of the year being December and the start of a new year being January. Uh, I don't feel that I've been on the radio for that long. Um, it, it amazes me that whenever you really break it down, there's probably what three generations of people who have come through going to school listening to your man on the radio. Um, 
I don't think, to, although I'm, I'm talking about my age and I said, oh my goodness, I'm 41. Uh, I don't, I don't fear growing up. I don't feel, I don't fear getting older and I don't fear um, my age and who I am on the radio. Mm-hmm. Um, a good friend of mine works in PR and he said to me uh, on numerous occasions, he says, why are you telling people your age on the radio? Because immediately it, it'll, it'll date you in terms of how long you can be about on that platform. And then you're getting into a whole realm of conversation about ageism and all that sort of thing. And, and I sort of thought, well, the thing about it is, and what I realized very early on in broadcasting is that you have to be yourself. And that's, that's easier said than done. Mm-hmm. And if I'm, if I'm running around as a 41-year-old pretending that I'm 19 or 20, <laughs> yeah. that's really hard work. <laughs> really hard work. And also, you know, the thing about the platform in which I, I broadcast um, on Cool FM, yeah, we are a top 40 station, but our appeal is to is to the masses. And, and that's the reason why it's been hugely successful because, you know, there's people who still listen to Cool FM now who listened to it in 1990 when it came on air. Yeah. And, and they're still there. And then their kids have come along. And then people of all ages have, have stumbled across it. And the, the one thing about it is it's got a, it's got a legacy. It's local. And um, it's got big time heritage. And, and the one thing that changes is just the music. And um, and as long as you're sort of, a, you know, the big thing for me is I'm a music fan. So you just you just roll with the music and you just try to have as much fun as possible. And if you yourself and people can relate to you, um, fingers crossed, then you can put together something that people want to switch on and make an appointment to listen to every day. Definitely. And the whole the podcast, everything that I'm about really on here is being yourself and teaching creatives how to basically you attract your tribe when you put yourself there as yourself. Um, And you're saying that, and I'd love to come back to that as well, but in terms of music, so I know that you do, like, it's so cool. So I also love hearing you DJ and I remember a Boojum event a couple of years ago when you were doing like a private set at that. So Ian Young's another connection that we have to. Um, (laughs) Tell me about that because I remember you talking just even in person one time about like music has been your life, hasn't it? It has been. And it's funny because the show that I do in the morning, we play the music that's put in front of us. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a, it's not a situation where I, I turn around and play the music that I know and the music that I love. We, we play the hits and that's what we do every single day. And that's cool. But, but behind that, I'm, I'm a music fan. Yeah. I love music. I love live music. I've really missed it. I've missed going to gigs over COVID. Um, I, I, the, the, my favorite songs in the world, I would never get the opportunity to play on Cool FM, either obscure dance music, either, um, you know, my favorite albums, anything that is, is, is closest. Don't get me wrong. I can turn around and tell you that I like Justin Bieber. And yes, I do. I love Justin Bieber. Big but, fan. The, but the point is, is that, you know, uh, whenever you're doing a commercial radio show on a station like Cool FM, we are playing what is popular and that is the bottom line and whether we like it or whether we don't. So, um, you know, when it comes to my my taste in music, I'm a dance head through and through. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been since I uh, really discovered I didn't have the patience to learn a musical instrument. <laughs> Whenever I was 14, I tortured my parents to buy me a set of turntables. And, 14, right. Yeah, and that was in the 90s. And yes. um, it, was, it was the dawn of the super club era. So DJs became superstars. Mm-hmm. And you're looking at um, my immediate thoughts turned to Pete Tong, turn to Judge Jules, turn to, um, you know, uh, Roger Sanchez. It, the list goes on. And, and you're looking at these guys here and I starting to tour the world and, and clubbing became brand led. So you had Cream, Ministry of Sound, Gatecrasher. Yeah. Um, and then you had the whole Ibiza, Ibiza movement that had already started in the 80s and then became mainstream in the 90s. And I'm looking at that, loving the music and just wanting to understand what to do. But I didn't know any DJs. So my parents bought me a set of turntables at 14. And I, I started my journey of, of going to the record stores, buying music, um, spending all my time after school and at the weekends in record shops. And it, it, was, it was the most intimidating place because everyone seemed to know everyone. Everyone seemed to know the genres of music and what they were talking about. It was a whole new language that you had to learn. Uh-huh. And, um, but it, it turned out to be the best thing ever. And I met so many people 
Um, and that's how sort of I learned my craft. It's very different for people wanting to be a DJ nowadays because yes. the technology has changed. The manner in which you get your music has changed. But as you can see in the background here, I mean, I was I, just going to say for anybody that is not um, what we're or anyone's listening to this rather than watching this, I'm assuming I remember Abe Sessa I interviewed him last year and similar. So what's this behind you? Tell us about what's behind you. So so it's just it's just thousands of records and and Literally. that's and and the, you think about it is now. Um, People would say, oh, your record collection must be worth a fortune. It's only worth to me because like, yeah. you know, at the end of the day, every single record has, a, if I pull a record out, I can tell you a story about it. I can tell you a story about where I got it or mm -hmm. who gave it to me or maybe a, a gig that I played and and I played that that, that record. Um, and there's thousands of records in here that probably have been played once or twice. And, you know, they just, I go, oh, it was a brilliant record. I really enjoyed that, but never really got a chance at a gig to play it out anywhere. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the music, the music has always been there. I'm, I'm not just a dance head. I love lots of different things. Like, for instance, my favorite album of all time is The Verve, Urban Hymns, um, which takes me back to, you know, I'm sort of 18 years of age. And, yeah, similar. Uh, I'm about 16 then. Mm -hmm. And I, 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 I go back to that. And probably my first massive gig that I went to, and that was... Uh, that was Slay Castle and it was the Verve headlining. It was the Manic Street Preachers on before them. It was Robbie Williams before them. And I, I just, it just, music just evokes so many memories. So mm -hmm. if I'm having um, a day whereby I'm feeling quite reflective about things and thinking about where I am in my life and what's going on, I love nothing more than just putting on old music that just evokes memories of good times and whatever. And Jules, my, my Jules will probably say to the kids, go, oh, there's your dad off again, listen to stuff. <laughs> but we all do. We all do it, except in our house, we, ours isn't just as like rustic. Instead, it's Alexa, play, you know, it's always a... Yeah, I, I did say the last time we moved um, that I wouldn't move again because, you know, these are just records you see in the background and then upstairs in the attic, it's just boxes and boxes and boxes of CDs and I will never get rid of them. Yeah. I could just go like you and just say, Alexa, play, whatever. And it's just there. And you think yeah. to yourself, as much as it's really nice putting the needle on the groove, uh, it's so much hassle. I know, I know. But it, so this is the thing about creative and being a creative, I think, and being able to, for me to produce creative, creative things. So mu I, I consider music, poetry, all of that under the umbrella. Like you're saying there about it it's taking you back and evoking memories and I'd a client in yesterday and she said oh yeah my husband was just talking about your art around the table and you're like how amazing that art paintings music does actually transport you it does yeah absolutely I um the one thing I, I will also well I will say about art and I will say it about wine I will <laughs> say it about love about wine. music <laughs> is that uh it means different things to, to different people. people. So if you, if you take a if you take a glass of wine, for instance, that well, I, I I just know what I like and I'll taste mm -hmm. it and I'll go, that's lovely. Um, there'll be people who'll break it down into the, the the structure of the wine and this, that, and the other, and will give a whole mumble jumble about it. And I'm like, that's that, that's cool. You know a lot about it, brilliant stuff. I'll tell you whether I like it or I don't. Mm -hmm. And it's the same when it comes to art. I, I'm fascinated by the art world on the basis that um I can see something that I like. And I'll go, well, that's lovely. And maybe in terms of value, it, it's not really worth anything, but I like it. Yeah. Um, I would pay for it. And then there's someone who comes along who uh, becomes maybe a bit of a hero in the art world or whatever and can demand whatever it is for their paintings. And it amazes me how, how you look at a painting and a painting that is that is created so long ago can then be sold and sold on and prints <sighs> can be made and it makes hundreds of thousands of pounds. It's a fascinating thing for me, art and how that whole thing works. And when it comes to music, it's exactly the same. Yes, a song can go top 10, right? Mm -hmm. But there's thousands of records in here that I absolutely love and I will play and I'd prefer than mm -hmm. a top, a number one single all day long. But that's yep. just my my thought on it. And you could listen to it and go, that is absolute garbage. Yeah. Well, here on the wine front, what, what do you like? Pinot, Malbec, Chardonnay, red or white? It's going to sound really bad because it makes it sound like I've got a problem and I really don't. But honestly, it's like if, it's You're almost like if, if, it's, if it's wet. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I, I love red. I love white. I, I love 
um, a wee afternoon of rosé. We like a wee cheeky Sunday afternoon rosé sometimes. That, that, that sometimes that rosés came around again. Um, and uh, we would go to Portugal most years. And um, ro- rosé is massive in, in in Portugal. So yes, I like rosé, all sorts of white, all sorts of red. <laughs> Um, I know what to send you for Christmas, just a case, just any case <laughs> of anything. So, so yes, but, but, but again, I think as you get older and if you're prepared to try things, whenever I was a kid, I, I was, I led quite a Your wine tolerance a bit lower when you were a kid. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think in terms of growing up, my, my mum was very plain in terms of what she served, mm-hmm. served me up. Right. So um, I was very much uh, right up until I was probably in my late teens, early 20s, a soup and steak type of guy. Oh, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I never, I never, I never ventured off in terms of trying things. Because Unless it was Uncle Ben's sweet and sour jar. Sometimes we got that and that was exotic in our house. But even though rice. What part of the potato was rice we used to say, Mum? Yeah. Well, we never got rice. I never <laughs> got rice. Never got never got spaghetti bolognese. Never got anything like that. Yeah. And it was only whenever um I I got a bit older. Like the only fish I'd ever had really was fish and butter or tuna fish <laughs> out of Classic. a tent. Yep. So as as I've got older and and my, my palate has developed and I'm I'm not averse to trying things now, it's just opened up a whole world to me. And and I and I love that. I love experimenting with food. I love yes. experimenting with drinks. Um, and the, the, the greatest thing for me with regards to food and drink, um, and it's something I've really got to appreciate since, since I lost my dad. Mm-hmm. And my dad had esophageal cancer and uh, he died in 2014. And I don't know whether you know anything about the disease, but it's, it's cancer no. of the esophagus, right? And the first thing that, that happens is there's a tumor grows inside and then that doesn't allow you to pass food Mm -hmm. down into your stomach right and I suppose it was a real eye-opening for me to see my dad not being able to eat and not be able to drink and Mm -hmm. not be able to actually enjoy food and drink and it's something that we all take for granted right and and whenever going through that has really changed my my idea of food and drink and the pleasure that we get from it mm-hmm. um and that's why that's why now i i, I try the food and I, I taste the drink and it's there to be enjoyed mm-hmm. um and and that's sort of my thought on it yeah and you know just when you're saying there about your dad and i'm i'm so sorry i don't actually i didn't know it was as recent as that um to be honest uh, you know what seven years have passed and it, it does feel like yesterday um but you know seven years pass and uh, it, it, again, another thing which it really proves to me is just how quickly time passes. Yeah, and we only get one shot at it. And there are words that we all say. Yeah, right? we say that all the time, and um, and then the next the next thing that takes up the space in your brain comes along, and you focus on that, and you forget about that. But every wee while, I just try to remind myself of that, particularly if there's anything. Anyway, niggles or, or stuff that are really unimportant, but but they all get us at home, at work, amongst your friend group, whatever it is. Yeah, uh, and also them. it's um it's uh, a thing about like food as well as food shared like all day, every day, morning, noon, night. So it is like just to be reminded of that. It's- Talking about food and your dad passing away. Um, I'm also a member of the Dead Dads Club. So um, and have been from I was seven. So I, it's very much just my mom, my brother, and myself. So now it's just you and your mom. Have you a very close relationship? Yeah, my mom's just the best thing since sliced bread. She really is. I am. Um, I, I think I've got traits of both my parents. Um, I, I certainly get the conversational aspect from from my mom, my, my dad. People would call him the quiet man, but when you got to know him, like he loved the crack, like he was great fun. Yeah. Um, I sort of take the, the the love of sport from my dad. He was a footballer. Um, I think he was quite good in his day. Um, and I admire him wholeheartedly because uh, whenever he was growing up, I said he was quite good. I had a few people telling me exactly how good he was. He probably never realized how good he was, but he didn't have anybody at home pushing him on. Mm-hmm. And whenever I came along and I showed an interest in sport, um, he did everything for someone since I said I I uh I liked football, he would have came, he would have came out of work mm-hmm. in primary school and walked around the pitch when I played my school matches at primary school. Um and then whenever I went to Inst and I started playing hockey, he play, he came to every game. 
he would have got up in the morning, Saturday morning, taken me to hockey. He then would have he would have watched that, and then he would have gone away and played golf. This in the winter months, so he would have played winter league golf, nine holes, mm-hmm. and he would have came back and watched me play my club match in the afternoon. He did it week in week out religiously. Um, so I, that that that's just amazing. And now I, I see that with with my kids, and um, my eldest is going to big school next year, and if she gets to play hockey. I'll do the same. I'll go and watch her on a Saturday and take her there, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, and then my mom, my mom's the life and soul of the party and she always has been. So people love my mom coming along and putting her, um, you know, she, letting her come along because she always, she's just full of fun. Like she just brings, she's the life and soul of the party. And um, she always, it's, it's really good crack. She she loves the banter. Um, and, and I suppose when it comes to radio and stuff like that and perhaps storytelling, um, and and seeing the fun and everything, uh, I get that, I think, from my mum. That's class. Well, that was the other thing you were saying was about food um, before that and about your dad passing away and us not taking things for granted. One of the things you said at the very start of the interview was about your age and about, you know, declaring your age. Um, my friend, Sarah, she had her 40th last summer and it was whenever we were all actually, we were allowed out, but we had to all sit outside and her mum passed away when she was 15. Um, so we are very close to the two of us because obviously we share that um or we have shared that since the start of our friendship but one of the things she said in her toast you know whenever we were all singing happy birthday was it's a privilege get grown old is a privilege couldn't agree with you anymore mm-hmm. and as time goes on um i i i appreciate it even more and when it comes to your health uh to take the hand out of me and work Paolo and rebecca do on the show about me being a bit of a hypochondriac um because any little wee thing um, I, I, I worry about it. I, I, it's, 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 a, it's a stupid thing. Um, we were in France, we went to the Euros and, uh, it was, we were about three, we were, I don't know, we were two and a half weeks in and I'd obviously, it was the first time I was away from the kids for any amount of time. And we were doing something that I had always wanted to do. I always said if I was on the radio and Northern Ireland made it to a major championship that we should go and take the show. Mm-hmm. And it was one of my dreams and I got to live it out. And still to this day, I will say in terms of broadcasting, it's been for me, one of the the, the best things I've ever done, the best thing I've ever done. And, and I can, I've, I've DJed at, at events and I've done big festivals and I've done lots of stuff that I've said that I've always wanted to do. But that was something that was a moment in time. Uh-huh. and I remember being away and um, I found a lump inside my mouth mm-hmm. and um, and of course I immediately catastrophize it in my head and I'm online looking at it Google is just worst the thing worst ever place. yeah yeah <laughs> so of course then it, 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 it leaves the mark you know I've got a week to go or so I don't really know how long I'm going to be away for because it all depends on how the team do and um, and now I'm walking around and I'm, I'm focused on work and trying to do all that. And then all I can think about is this thing in my mouth. So anyway, I arrive home and I go to the dentist and the dentist says, listen, I don't think you have anything to worry about, but I, that wasn't enough for me. So then I had to go and see somebody else and then they cut it out. And then they went and, they went and, uh, and uh, did the biopsy on it. It was all fine. And I was so delighted that it was all fine. But realistically, if I just had taken the word of the first person, it probably would have disappeared. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, do you think that's an awareness? Because I try to say to Michael, sometimes the way that I, I'm similar, you know, if, if if one of the boys hasn't got the bus home or whatever, to me, the bus crashed and it's all. Ter- do you think sometimes that's because um, you've seen like, I don't know. I sometimes think you've seen sort of trauma or you've seen death happen. Like, you know, so my PA, my previous PA, Gemma passed away after a very short illness, 34, like, and I'm still, I can't actually believe it. Even today I was Googling for an application I was putting in and like her emails from 2019 are there. And I'm like, so I wonder sometimes if that catastrophizing or maybe is it your mom sometimes my mom's a bit like that so i don't know oh yeah yeah mom's mom's like that a bit um i I probably paint a picture that it's worse than what it really is to be fair but again you know i've had a close friend in his 40s had a heart attack there about a year ago fine I've, i've had another friend of mine um who died when he was 40 um of a heart related illness and just dropped dead and all these things happen and you, I don't focus on it. I'm a great believer if you focus on something a lot, maybe you law of attraction, you maybe attract, attract that to you, not in terms of health, but just in terms of other things. But so I try not to focus on it. 
but I'm also well aware that you can walk around and say, oh, it'll never happen to me. And you know what? It could. So I suppose you have to be aware of it. Um, well, then but- the flip side also, sorry to interrupt you, is that um, I would say similarly wired in that I've quite a thirst for life and I would say the same with you. So it's like maybe it's the, the swings and roundabouts. It is. Yeah, absolutely. And I've got a massive thirst for life and I, I, I want to be around. I want to, I just, and I don't want to be in a situation whereby in years to come, and hopefully, fingers crossed, touch wood, there will be years to come, um, that I'm, I'm looking back and going, I wish, I yeah. should have. I, you know, I, I didn't do that and I should have done that. In, in the most part, I'm a great believer that you you learn through your mistakes and, and, and you have to push yourself out of your comfort zone. And I try to do that um, as much as I can. And sometimes, sometimes I have to, I have to give myself a kick up the backside and say, right, you know what? It's not going to come and get you. You mm-hmm. have to go and get it. So I, I, I definitely, definitely believe that. And, and it's something that I will try to instill in my kids. Yeah. And tell me then about that. Tell me about getting to where you are now. Obviously we talked about music and your love of music and I was, I was saying before we started recording for me, the beauty of the podcast is that I get to, I do a lot of mentoring with creatives as well. And it's not just young creatives. It's people who like decide at 35, 40, 55, that they want to pursue a creative career. Um, it's, I, I, I always said, I can only give you the foundations. Like I can't do it for you. It'll never be straightforward. It rarely is straightforward unless you go into education or full-time employment. Tell me a little bit about the the journey and pushing yourself, opening doors, closing close doors, closing on you. How how did that look after school? Uh, so what's so once the my, decks had been bought at fourteen. Well, my, my my the whole the, the the deck thing was was trying to fulfill this DJ and the the the. the, the the, the creative thing of mixing music, right? Yeah. And that was one thing. But, but the radio thing came before that. The radio thing for me um, arrived in, the, in sort of the late 80s. Um, early, early 80s, probably 88, 89. Um, and, and I discovered it at, at school. The radio became sort of my friend in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and that really, really came to light um, uh, on, a, on a trip with school. First time away from home. Only child. I'm an Arden Bannon Outdoor Pursuit Center. And I had a wee Walkman. It wasn't a Sony. It was an Alba. Uh, very good. Classic stuff. My mom's Sony. There you go. I was just a very you were, common. You, you were Flash. Yeah. Oh, were was flash. I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were Flash. The my Alba auntie bought it for me for traveling. I remember that. And my, my mom would say, oh, son, you were very hard done by, weren't you? But anyway, I had a radio on it. And uh, I lay awake at night in, in a bunk bed in the top bunk, um, missing home. <laughs> And oh, yeah. uh, listen and listening to the radio, and and that's that that is where the love affair with radio came, and uh, and it's it, it's just grown ever since then. I, I just think that radio is just the, the most wonderful medium. Um, like podcasting's great; it's really really mm-hmm. good. It's great that you can just access it, um, there and then and on demand when it suits you to listen. Great, mm-hmm. but there's an immediacy about radio, yeah. Uh, particularly whenever you're on at breakfast time. Um, you can reflect on the day. You can reflect on what's happening. Everybody is in that moment together at that particular time. And that's what I love about it. And, and I, the, the amount of people over the years who've said to me, oh, you should go and do TV. You should do TV. And, and I'll be really honest with you. Don't get me wrong. If TV came along now, and TV is different again, because TV has gone through a period now in the same way as radio to a point where every, people aren't consuming TV the way they used to. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, line. totally. And if something came along on television, would I would it, yeah, and I've been on TV before. I've done many shows in my time and um, being a guest on on shows and whatever, right? It's great, and I, I, I get a buzz from it. And it's really, really, it's 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 something different. I don't get the buzz from it that I get from radio, and and radio, if if, if anything TV wise came along as a byproduct of what I do, brilliant. But for me, it's always been radio. I, I, I grew up wanting to be on radio. I didn't grow up going, I want to be on television. Um, and did you want, so you, did you get really focused on, I want to be breakfast radio or did you do A-levels in university or anything? Yeah, so, so I did A-levels and I, I went to uni and I spent my time at uni doing mixtapes and, and demos for, for radio in my spare time. And I put on some club nights. At, at, what did you uh, study? International business. Right. So I, I did, went and did, I, I did I did one year of architectural technology and the only reason okay. why I ended up there is because I my I didn't have 
I, I didn't have the nerve to tell my careers teacher that I wanted to be a radio presenter because at school, as much as I was like going and I played sport and I was involved in lots of clubs and societies and whatever else, I wasn't the guy standing up in front of everybody, making everyone laugh. Mm-hmm. I wasn't. And I, I, I had an, I sort of had a bit of imposter syndrome thinking that if I went to my uh, careers teacher and say, listen, I want to be on radio, uh, they would just laugh at me and have to say, who do you think you are? So I never, the only boys who really knew that were my, my friends and then people in the year who took the hand out of me for wanting to be a DJ in the first place. You know, that whole thing in your teenage years, <laughs> he wants to be a DJ, no chance. Mm-hmm. So um, so that that actually really fueled me on. Um, but I ended up doing architecture, uh, this architectural technology course, because um, I was good at technology at school for my better subject. Right. And, and the teacher, careers teacher said, well, maybe you should go and do that. And I was like, okay, I'll just go and do that. And I landed in, and within two or three weeks, I knew this isn't for me. I don't want to be doing this for the rest of my days. But um, my dad was very much a man of principle, and he, he he ingrained in me as a child, if you say you're going to do something, you do it. So I I then had to finish first year, and I, I finished first year, and I completed all my exams, even though I wasn't going to continue on. And during that time, I did lots of promotion work. I started trying to do some club nights. Um, yeah. And and I... I so I, when was that? To, was that... Was that 99? When was that? That, that was 98, 99. And, and then, and then I, I changed my course. I went to a bit, went to the business course. I sort of thought, well, you know what? The likelihood is I'll be self-employed. I'll go and do that. It's like, I don't know. I don't know how many hours a week I had at uni. It was 15 hours a week or something like that. So I had lots of opportunity to then practice mixing records, doing demos, doing all that sort of thing. And I used my time at university to try and make that happen. And I signed my, I signed my first contract in radio in November uh, 2001. Right. And I started in January 2002 and I graduated in what, the June or July that year. So, so that, 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 that's how it happened. Um, and, uh, and nothing, nothing, uh, the, only, the thing I will say about this, and it's the same old cliche thing, and you've heard it a million times before, but I just had to work at it. And no mm-hmm. one was coming and giving it to me. So I was burning all the hours just between trying to get my degree, um, trying to make demos and get on, try to get experience. No one gave you a job without experience, trying to get enough experience. And I spent two years doing that for no money. Mm-hmm. Um, and, 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 but you know what? It's character building. And, and yeah. it's, the only, it's the only way. And anybody, I think, in a creative space who gets on, every single person has a story to tell. Mm-hmm. It's not like you, you, you look up the a job website or you as it would have been back in the day open the newspaper and you see the job advertised it's not everyone has a unless you're a journalist um or unless you you know you work in a like an accountancy practice or you you go for a job that you just see the advertisement you go and there's the salary yeah the interview process you get the interview you get the gig Uh, whenever it comes to being like a creative announcer on radio um in terms of entertainment like what we do um you you very rarely see it advertised. That's mm-hmm. that's the that's the bottom line. Um, so you just have to try and make inroads and get speaking to people. And I'm a great believer in this world in which we are more connected than ever. Yes, I think that I think that there's a generation coming through who don't know how to communicate. I know. And I don't mean that. I'm not tarnishing everybody with the same brush. But from people who I speak to who are management positions or whatever, then the, the they just communicate in a different way. And they're very, very text based, WhatsApp based, email based, da, 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 da. And that's all great. Right. Mm-hmm. But I, I do believe that the art of conversation is something that and particularly now for the next generation of people coming through who it's not as focused upon as much. I do believe that in order to get on in any line of work, yeah. I do believe that the art of conversation. And it's not for everybody, let's face it. You know, there's people who do certain jobs or whatever, and they're very much, you know, maybe quite insular. And that's fine. But in terms of in the creative industries, I do believe that the art of conversation is something that... Um, that well, if it's you, special, if you isn't it? it? Yeah. And, 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 that, and you have to tell your story. You, I was just going to say story. Yeah. Storytelling. You know, you're talking about that on radio. Storytelling conversation. Like that's just never going to get old and we're all going to be telling stories for as long as like it's going to be. But I agree. And yes, you're right. You don't want to be like, oh, the next generation. But, you know, my sons, whenever one of them, you know, if he texts, he's 13 now and, uh, you know, is, is sorry for an argument or whatever comes through in a text. And we had to say to him, we're like, that's not actually acceptable. 
I know it's not the same as having a conversation, but you know, when you're like, they can hide behind phones, like phones are very easy to, to hide behind. Um, tell me about the gigs then. What was that like? Um, so obviously I'm thinking like milk. Did you ever do milk or anything like yeah. that, DJ? I love yeah. those nights. I, I was there. I was there for, I think I was there for five or six years. Oh, honestly, like I, I was trying to tell the boys and they don't care. They don't want to listen about me when no. hip hop comes on or anything like that. Or any of the, the or Justin Bieber, one of his first songs. I'm like, lad, you were actually not even born then. Yeah, it's funny. My mom would talk about the dances. And whenever she was a kid, she went to the dances. And now <laughs> we talk about the nightclubs that we used to go to. Um so what was the buzz like in that? So you were still ah, in uni and that was, you got a gig. What was the, like one of those early days? Yeah. So oh, it was just, it was just brilliant. It was just, I just couldn't believe my luck that I was being paid a few quid to play the music that I love, you know, but there's yeah. more to it. There's more, the, the thing about, the thing about um, DJ and nightclub, it's, there's more to it than just playing the music that you like, because most of the time, actually you, you have to, you, you're, you're playing to the dance floor and you're, you're, you're playing to people that so they enjoy themselves, right? Yeah. So for me, I went through a period of time where it was, I was a muser when it came to dance music and there was stuff that I loved. And in an ideal world, I would love to have gone into a nightclub. And I was very, I was very lucky. I got to play a lot of nights where I could express myself and play the music that, that I loved and that, that I was very, very particular about trying to be the first person to have certain tunes. Brilliant. And it was back then whenever it was all vinyl. That's so, called a unique selling point in today's world, Pete. Yeah, so I was very much about that. And I had uh, record shops not only here, but right across in England, uh, two or three places in England where this is sort of before the internet time. And I'd be making contact with them. They'd be keeping me certain songs. I'd be phoning them. They'd be playing tunes down the, ra- down the phone to me. And I'd be going, I want that, and I want that, and I want that. Class. And I just spent all my money on records. And that was my, what I thought was my point of difference. And I was playing stuff that people wouldn't ordinarily um here um and that and that, particularly if you started playing a song two three four months before it became a hit yeah it was just like that for me that was my buzz um but then you know yourself you have to play the numbers game yeah so uh so the way a nightclub works it's the same as any other business you need you need people through the door you need to yeah. spend the money at the bar you need to pay a door door money to get in and you need to get as many people in as possible so for me the 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 craft came about where i was able to play those songs right Class. Yeah. In between all the stuff that people knew or whatever, to try and keep the bodies on the dance floor. Brilliant. And that is it. That is something that you just learn over time and reading it, reading a reading a room and just dropping the song at the right time. Mm-hmm. And those gigs, like during lockdown and whatever, I don't DJ as much as I used to. Um, I still absolutely love it. During the lockdown, it made me realize just how much I love the the, the brilliant gigs. The, mm-hmm. Any DJ who's listening to this will know that there's nights that you have where the crowd are in the palm of your hand and the records just pick themselves one after the other. They just mm-hmm. pick themselves, right? Those are the nights you miss. Yeah. But like anything, you have your you have the nights too where you're looking at the clock and you know it's not just quite yeah. clicking or yeah. maybe it's not just as busy or maybe the atmosphere just isn't right no matter what you try and you're looking at your clock going, God, I could be doing going home here to bed know. <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. you don't you don't miss those ones yeah but you miss the really good ones. but as you said they're, they're the things that build character aren't they um I don't know if you've watched the Kanye West documentary on Netflix have you I haven't watched it yet it's on my list of things yeah well I and I was like I'm never going to bother watching that and then I thought you know what I am because I I thought like I loved Michael bought me when we were dating he bought me that first album you know the dropout or school dropout one or whatever and um so I thought oh he's become such an arse I don't want to watch him anymore but I lo- I love that and just back to what you were saying about um, the graft and the grind and like I, I'm so thankful in a way like I always we always joke my friend and I you know didn't have anybody behind me didn't have backing me you know financially to get me to where I am but I'm so glad I've got to here obviously there's many days that I think I wish someone was pumping money in to help me to get where I've got to but um same same watching him just made me like he literally just worked his way up you'll really like I think you'll really enjoy it yeah, it's only three parts too, which I like. It's not like, you know, three series. No, no, parts. no. But it's we really started... interesting because he talks about, he's like, I'm a bit narcissistic here. I've got someone documenting him like in like 1998 or whatever. But well, you talked about storytelling. And that's one thing that I sort of wish that I had done. And that was just keep sort of 
keep keep sort of memoirs, a book of, mm-hmm. of funny anecdotes and things that have happened along the way. I like to think that I've remembered everything, but or even things your kids say. I often think that I wish I had a book of those things. You know, those really funny things when you're all at the beach or you're driving in the car. Yeah, I've I've kept my mum would have kept an awful lot of newspaper stuff over the years, and I suppose it all sits in a box somewhere. And someday I'll get it out and have a look through it and go, oh, remember I did that, and remember I did that. It doesn't happen as much now because newspapers. Don't get me wrong, there's still a market for them, but not the market there would have once been. No, um, my mum has. We were at my mum's recently, and we were for her birthday, and I looked up and I was like, is that my like scripture? cup from a girl's brigade like a six i was like what do you need that for like do you so maybe you could get all those paper cuttings and put them with your cds in your (laughs) yeah this is true i always i suppose for me i can be very reflective um it's just something that's in me and i i i'm probably like everybody else you look back at the old the the days gone by you you only really think about the good times really don't you um but but i am quite reflective of that and, and on the moment you know, I will go back through um, and and then have a look at a lot of the stuff that's happened over the years and go, oh, yeah, I, I just can't believe how, how how much time has actually. And we don't get time to sort of absorb things. Sure, we don't until that was what lockdown really did. It forced us to absorb a lot. And um, mm. just because there's quite a lot of in terms of. Um, personalities I have lined up as well and you're obviously one of the Northern Ireland personalities how do you do you feel you're prepared for that um I don't know what you'd say you'd say yourself about it but you know whenever so like I have Andrew Trimble coming on so when you're playing a sport that you love and then all of a sudden there's my dog sorry I was jumping up my you have you know you're you're recognized and like what How's that been? Because you have you obviously were like, look, I loved radio conversation, connecting with music, and being the voice, being the familiar voice. But then you're doing what you love, but it's also become like a personal. Do you know what I mean? What What do you What would you say about that? Or how are you prepared for that? Or how do you deal with that? That's not why I got into it. It wasn't like. I wanted to be famous. There's people. No, who, no. Who I mean, how did be... you deal with it when you were? Sorry. That well, was... it's, it's no, no, no. Like with the it, likes it, of me coming up to you, you know, and saying hi. Although I do know you guys now. Yeah, you know, coming no. up to you and saying hi in the 55 degrees north. It's, it's not. I take it as the biggest compliment when someone comes up and says, "Hey, how you doing?" I listen to the show. Yeah. The biggest compliment. Um, it really, really is. I, I can't because people choose. People mm-hmm. choose to listen to this podcast, right? People mm-hmm. choose to listen to us in the morning. And that is the biggest compliment. And if people get to know me because of what I do, then that's, that, is, that is absolutely amazing. Because unless people listen, I'm not in a job. Yeah. So that's why I look at it. Um, but what, pre- had you any preparation for that? Or is no, it just like, you don't nothing. even think about it. You're just like. You have to learn as you go. And, and you have to remember that whenever I started, there was no, there was no Facebook. Yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, there was none of that. So so you have to learn as you go. And then Facebook arrives, Twitter arrives, da 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 da. And 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 you, you just have to and don't get me wrong, there's some awful things have been written. I don't go looking for them, by the way, but yeah. some awful things, people have an opinion. Um, and it's just about learning to try and deal with that. Yeah. Um, you mentioned Trimby there, who is coming on with you. Um, I, I the one thing which I've loved about what I do is that I've had the opportunity to meet people in different fields yeah. that I hugely admire. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, I do a top forty show. I I don't speak about sport all the time, but sports played a massive part in my life. So whenever I look through that over over the years, and I look at the likes of the Ulster rugby team and a lot of the players who have come through and I've had the opportunity to work with them. Same with the Northern Ireland football team. Again, two sports that I've grown up loving, you know, um, likes of Andrew and, and whoever else has come along, along the way, I'd maybe regard as friends or associates or people who have got to meet and stuff. And that wouldn't have happened for me if it hadn't have been for my job. Yeah. Right. So I'm very thankful that, that, that doing something that I love has opened up the opportunity for me to get closer to things that interest me. Um, and I'm very thankful for that. But music is, the, so I would, I would, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but so music is still the core, isn't it really? So with me, when I'm even mentoring or when I'm talking about my own business and even this application of it and like painting, being an artist is the core for me, everything else. Radio is the, radio's the core. core. That's yeah. the bottom line. Radio, radio and, and is the core of, of what it is. Being a broadcaster is what it's about. Um, and and yes, music radio, absolutely. It's what I've always wanted to do. But 
there's part of me who would like to try talk radio. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't f- fulfilled that part of so where I want to go well, through. Yeah, yeah I, I would like to do that at some point. At some point, um, I would like to do. I would like to do uh, some. I did a specialist radio show in terms of dance music for years. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a part of me would like to, to to revisit that at some point with dance music again or other other types of music. Um, there, there's, lot, there's lots of things that I still want to do. I, I haven't arrived where I am and I'm just like, well, that's it. I've done yeah. it. I've ticked the box. I'm just going to see my way out to a period of time when I don't have to work anymore. I don't think that period of time will ever come for me. I think I will always be working. Um, you'll always have those CDs and those. Uh, yeah, I, I, I think I will always be working, but but you, you never reach. Certainly for me, anyway, I've always set goals, and when I reach the goal, it's either about staying and keeping that, um, or working towards the next thing. I'm never. I'm not one of these people who goes, "Oh, I've made it. I, yeah. I haven't made it. I make it from month to month and get my wages and and move on to the next month." And for me, as time has gone on, uh, I feel. That you actually have more to lose. Yeah. Well, do you want to um, do you want to develop on that, or do you? What do you? What? I just it? think I, 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 you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm extremely thankful for thankful. where I am yeah. and what I've done. Hundred percent. But um, I, I think the one thing I would say is, is that when you've got more to lose, I think nowadays the pressure in in live broadcasting has changed. Mm-hmm. unbelievably so i think cancel culture it doesn't take much to get canceled these days mm-hmm. um so you, you're very much aware of that and i i i like to think that, that the ride will continue long into the future and i've got lots of hopes dreams and aspirations and things that i still want to achieve and things that i want to do i i really do hope though that when the moment comes that perhaps i'm not doing what i'm doing now i really hope that i can turn around and just say that was great. Thanks. And be thankful for it and not be resentful in any shape or form and just move on to the next thing. I have no doubt. Um, tell me, just I don't want to keep you too long, although I could keep talking all day. What about your co-stars? Is that what they're called? Co-stars? Yeah, you can call them co-stars. Yeah. What do you call, what do you call them? The people that work with you, you Rebecca them, and Paolo, yeah, tell you, me. It's just, you know what? The best thing to do is just call them a mates. Tell them about, yeah, I was going to say that. Well, that's what it seems like. And that's what is, you know, when you're someone listening, the beauty of radio for me as a listener, like I love radio and, and I rely on radio. I'm more of a radio person than a TV person. Michael's more TV. Um, and I kind of flip between local stations, classical music, you know, kind of all three. But tell me just about what that's like. It seems like you're turning up with your mates, which is part of the banter, isn't it? I love them. Um, they're 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 brilliant. Um, both of them, uh, Re- Rebecca and Paula, were two totally different people with so many similarities. The three of us, but we're three totally different people. Mm-hmm. So whenever it came to shaping that show, I was very lucky because I I sort of had the opportunity to um, to sort of put put my speak in and say, this is what I want. And then thankfully that's what came. Um, and we tick lots of different boxes in terms of our personalities and what we stand for, which I think is quite good. It's not, it's not me being on air and then just me saying something, everybody giggling and laughing at me. Like they'll, yeah. they'll, they'll hold me to account for what I say in the same way as if Paolo says something, we'll hold them to account the same as Rebecca says something and we're all fair game. I think we've sort of grown to know where the line is with each other, but, but generally there's not, there's nothing really that's, that's off limits to yeah. a point. You know, we're, we're, we're really fairly open and I'm really pleased that that's the way the show has grown. Um, the biggest thing that I can say thank you to them for is for allowing me to be myself. I, I think they both bring out the best in me mm-hmm. um, and I'm really thankful for that. And I would like to think that the space is given for them to be themselves and to, and to um to to be able to be themselves as much as possible um we have great fun of that there is no doubt um you can go in the morning where the thing about it is you have 20 hours to fill a week and the the the, the pressure is is that it's a that's com- a law isn't it actually that's live it, radio yeah it, it's a commercial business and yeah. You, you stay there because you get an audience and mm-hmm. you get an audience 
and then you stay there because the sales team can sell the show and and that that is that that is the bread and butter of it mm-hmm. and the pressure that comes with it and the aim of the game really is to try and forget about all that pretend it doesn't exist and just get on and be yeah. excited. um and that's what we really really try to do and the guys the guys are the guys are brilliant they we bring an awful lot of of our own personal experiences to the show and that's great and there's certain things that we've covered like things that have happened in all our lives um, and they both of them really bought into that because my journey in radio obviously started a long time really before them uh, Paolo, Paolo would have Paolo openly talks about listening to me on the bus going to school mm-hmm. you know what I mean um and and we sort of Paolo's 10 years younger than me Rebecca is what five or six years younger than me so we, we sort of span over a decade of, of our life experiences and whatever but they're both brilliant I am um, I'm just so thankful that we got to do it together and we continue to do it together every day and um yeah, we've been we've been through some amazing times, and there's so much that happens behind the scenes that, um, you know, it's like any workplace. There's you know, there's there, there's stuff. There's just stuff that happens. You know what I mean? I'm not, nothing I'm going to go on the record and talk about because I can't think of anything off the top of my head. Yeah, but the way I look at it is there's highs and lows mm-hmm. of every single job, and radio is absolutely no different. And we have gone through all the highs and the, the, the lows are very few in our world. Like, but we've gone through all those together. Yeah. And, and that, that is something that no matter what happens, we will always have uh, together. You know what I mean? Um, so it's a relationship. It's a family type thing. Um, and I'm really pleased that we've been able to, we're, we're eight years now doing the show. I can't, wow. believe, I can't believe it's been eight yeah, years. It, it's, it flies by some radio shows never get the opportunity to last that long never mind yeah. the breakfast show so um so it's great really 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 good and um and as i keep on saying to them long may i continue yeah and there's it it i keep going back to it but i would actually like to write a thesis on it uh, i talk about the familiar and the familial and how you know if you think about um like Warhol and Campbell's soup, you know, like I'm really into these everyday things. And my whole theme of everything I do is placing importance on the everyday. So there's something so lovely about, and you'll maybe, maybe from you thinking of who, who did you listen to growing up in the radio? Who was it you listened to? So uh, nationally, I listened to Chris Evans. Yeah. Um, massive fan of Chris Evans and then Zoe Ball came along came along behind him and then locally I would have been listening to Joe Ferguson at the time um PK who I work with now Mark Wesley Mark was one of the first people in terms of who had a dance show on radio that I and then I ended up going and being a guest on it and that's how was sort of my road into into radio uh yes. Davy Cash Davy Cash who had a dance show on, on City Beat as it was and, and Eddie Ray before that he had a dance show on BCR which was before um City Beat um and they were the sort of the people that, that I was listening to um and as you said like, about you being in a bunk bed listening to radio you know Ka- Carlin Stewart Carlin Stewart yeah Carlin Stewart um, her cool. voice is so distinctive now that you say that yeah cool goes quiet um so you know it's it it's it's just it's just a it's just a great medium and that's that's the bottom line and we've had so many very lucky so many great broadcasters who who come from this part of the world I'm not put myself up there with them definitely definitely not but um so many why people not? Why who, have, not? Who, who have come who've come from here and gone on to do things nationally or whatever um you know we we do in my opinion for the size of are we part of the world we definitely punch above our weight we do we do well i would consider you one of the greats too so and it is a, a familiar sound is just it's lovely it's lovely for anybody for kids as you say right through to adults and um, even my brother you know just even i don't know it's that thing of talking about talking about earlier around the, the dinner table people being involved in that you being part of people's lives but you'll never know necessarily yeah you, you won't know but you talk about the everyday and like we make stuff, we make content out of anything. Like like this morning, for instance, you know, Rebecca's fridge is on the blink. She's mm-hmm. worried about the temperature in her fridge. And Paolo says, I can help you out with that because I've got a fridge thermometer that whenever my fridge is on the blink, da 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 And he says, but the problem is if I bring this up, we'll probably have a week of me being slagged again. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he says, last year, blah, blah, blah. I had the engineer guy come over, paid him over a hundred quid. He told me I was just, and it just, the story just goes on. I was like, I've yeah. forgotten all about that. But we make the most of the everyday. Yeah. And it's almost like you're, whenever I got the gig originally, 
and I started doing five shows a week. And I'd been the guy, I was the filling guy, or I was the guy on the weekend. I remember that I was very, um, we had gone out for dinner. My mom and dad took me uh, and Jules, girlfriend at the time, wife now, for dinner. And we went to Paul Rankin's place up in Shaftesbury Square. And it was a Sunday and we'd gone for dinner and I didn't start for a couple of weeks. And we got into the taxi to go to Thompson's. Some mm-hmm. things never change. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we're driving down Great Victoria Street. Love it. And uh, it just dawned on me then. It was like I had worked towards getting the gig. I hadn't thought about what would happen when you get the gig. It was just like, I just wanted the gig. So we yeah. got the gig. And then it was like the penny dropped. It's like, right, I've got it now. <laughs> what am I going to do? Because you've got, you got to try and make it work, right? Yeah. And that that has always been the thing for me that as soon as I got it, I was like, I can't switch off mm-hmm. because it's 20 hours a week, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why we focus very much on the everyday because most people who listen can relate to it in some, sh- some shape or form. And I sort of find myself now that although, yes, I can't switch off from work, I meander through life yeah, just waiting for something to happen. And I go, oh, I'll talk about that. Yeah, And, and I've got my notes on my phone and I'm sort of pre-programmed that although I'm off, if something happens, it'll just register and I'll type it in my phone. And I might not use it that tomorrow, might not yeah. use it next week, but I might use it three weeks from now whenever like I'm having a bit of a creatively. I'm I was going to say that's block. part of the creative process, isn't it? Yeah. Even, whenever I'm, even whenever I'm on holidays and that's sort of the way I work. And I, I'm not a comedian in any shape or form, but I have a feeling comedians sort of work the same sort of way. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. Well, how to land this plane? Um, okay, I want to keep asking you lots of questions, but can you give me, or the people that are listening, a piece of advice that you would give them? Not, I don't mean big, wishy-washy, like what are one thing that you feel, because you're basically saying there you don't rest on your laurels, like you don't let things, like just take things for granted, blah, blah. Like what, what uh, advice should you give to someone who has, like maybe maybe it's different these days, maybe they don't have, the records or the, the turntables, maybe they've got the apps and the phone and they're recording voiceovers and they're doing TikTok or I don't know. What would be, would you say? Um, you see, if you, you see, if you enjoy doing it, keep doing it. And people, I, I get the feeling, this is the same for me, right? Patience is a virtue, as they yeah. say. And, and no matter what it is that you want to do, you got, You've got to have patience and and you just have to keep on grinding it out. And we've grown up over this past 20 years with shows like Pop Idol, X Factor, mm-hmm. da 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 mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Where, where, where the, the feeling is that you become a superstar instant. overnight. Mm-hmm. It's instant. And if you see people who have become big time successes, you, you hear the same sort of thing again. It's like, you know, it's taken me 15, 20 years to become an overnight sensation. Yeah. And and I, I'm a great believer that you will get people who tell you you can't do it. The boys in my school told me I couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You will get people who, um, you know, you will you will approach to maybe do a bit of work for or, or try to get on and they will say no. Mm-hmm. And all that is part of character building. And at the time, it is so difficult. Listen, I still get no's mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. just because I do what I do. I, I don't think I've made it in any shape or form. Yes, I'm doing something I've always wanted to do, but I've got other things in life that I want to do too. And I still get the nose. I'm what I tell you. It, I suppose it does get a bit easier, but you still don't like it when it happens. No. So yeah. for me, if you find something that you enjoy doing um, and in the hope that you can make a career out of it, then my, my advice is just to just keep on doing it. And whenever the chips are down or you're having a bad day or you think you're getting nowhere, you just got to get back on that horse and keep going as yeah. much as you possibly can. I'm sorry for the cliches, but that's, that, that's the only thing I can say is just try and keep on going because the moment you stop, then you're saying, what if? Mm-hmm. And I hope that in the years to come, if it all falls by the wayside or whatever, I can turn around and say, well, do you know what? I give that my best shot. and I'll try and get on the horse and do it again. Yeah. And that's the only thing I can say to people. You just got to keep on, keep on going and, and just as much as you can take whenever you get the knocks and as much as you can, try to try to find the positive. If there's a, I believe yeah. there's a positive in everything. You learn more when you lose. I always just tell. Yeah. trying to find it, and and it's just about keeping on going. Um, because I tell you what, if I'd listened to the boys in school, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Yeah. 
Fab. Well, thank you. Honestly, it's been lovely. It's been so good to hear, hear more. I'll probably have you back for part well, two. Well, whatever, whatever suits. It's been lovely to be on. Thank you very much. As I said to you at the top of this here, um, it's refreshing for me to be asked the question. <laughs> I know. Put you in your box there, you see, keeping you. Uh, no, it's been lovely. And uh, it is inspirational. And it's also exciting for people to see that you are open about the fact that it wasn't straightforward and also that you are you're 41 you're just really old Pete you know <laughs> like you're I'm just kidding just kidding smashing it all right well listen thank you so much it's nice to it's nice to chat and listen good luck with everything good luck with what you're doing you're doing you're doing brilliant thank you. work yeah and, um, I'm loving it got a studio in Hollywood nice so anytime you're passing through you can call yeah and good luck with the application you're doing Oh, thank you. Where are people, where can people find you? I know they can basically Google you. I know that if it's Cool FM, it's massive on Facebook, isn't it? But what about yeah. you? Yeah. Oh, no, my, just, it's, it's at Pete Snodden on everything. Speaking of your mom, um, I saw it was very funny and I just thought it was like something out of my house. Um, did someone not turn up or something the other day? <laughs> and you were filming her on TikTok. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. She, I it was, she right. said, it's not funny, Pete. <laughs> I know, I know she, uh, she, I, I got around house sitting because someone was coming to fit the fiber broadband <laughs> and then like, they didn't show up or whatever. And um, it was just what she said, it was like just, my mom, there's no joke, it's no joke, Peter. Something it's, very, not, it's, it's not good enough, not good enough. <laughs> what are you laughing at? It's not good enough, Peter. So they can find you everywhere TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Yeah, yeah. That, that's that's pretty much it. All of the above, brilliant. Thank you, Pete. Love you to chat. Take care of yourself. Thanks for listening today. Um, If you would love me to be your mentor, then you can get in touch. You can actually see it on my website, alihart.com. I love mentoring people. It has helped me to grow as a business and as a professional. And it has been a beautiful journey to be able to impart wisdom off the podcast and to really dig deep into individuals Uh, experience and creativity to help them flourish so you can get in touch via the website alleyheart.com you can also see all my tutorials on there if you'd like a little bit of headspace i've got free ones on there and my youtube channel but thanks for taking the time to listen and engage with my content and i'd love you to subscribe to the podcast so that you get all my other interviews and my little nuggets of help